Good morning. This is Money Talk Extra on Radio 3 with me, Peter Lewis. This is the final programme of 2018, so today we're going to make some financial New Year resolutions and also hear some investment predictions for 2019. As always, don't forget to email us with any questions, comments or suggestions. The address in 2019 will be exactly the same as before, moneytalk at rthk.hk, or message us on our Facebook page, Money Talk Extra on RTHK Radio 3. 2019 is just three days away, and the new year is a good time to give your personal finances a makeover, and in particular, reconsider how you manage your money. Some good financial resolutions can help get you closer to your money goals, whether it's increasing your retirement savings or saving money for a deposit on a flat. So what would be some good resolutions to consider? I'm joined now by David Kneebone, General Manager of the Hong Kong Investor Education Centre. Good morning, David. Good morning, Peter. So is this a good time to revisit your financial plans and goals? Absolutely. In fact, what we find is in Hong Kong, January 1st and then the Lunar New Year are the two big moments when people think about new goals or revisit their existing goals. We just want more people to do that because what we've witnessed in the last five years is a deterioration of goal setting in and around money, particularly with 18 to 25-year-olds. So it doesn't mean necessarily that your goals for this year were were wrong or unrealistic. It just means maybe that things have changed and and moved along and and it's time to maybe reconsider. Yeah, and the environment has changed considerably last year, even compared to the year before, as we know. So what would you recommend as some good financial resolutions to make for next year? Well, the most popular ones we see via the Chin Family website are related to people's home, their mm-hmm. desire to get in, get, in, get into an apartment, get into a public housing situation or change homes or move from renting to, to purchase, followed by retirement, followed by children and family-related expenses, particularly education, and then travel. Now, those are four broad areas um, that people need to focus on. Of course, what we try to do is encourage people to think one year out and then three to five years out and then ultimately 25 to 30 years out, depending on where you're at in your life at that point. There are many other goals beyond those as well. Two, I'll just quickly mention that I would love to see more people focusing on are one, wills. We have a distinct issue in Hong Kong with the low, low numbers of people that are prepared to write a will and get that um, then sanctioned, and two, enduring power of attorney. More people have that as a degree of protection, but I would encourage people to talk to their lawyer or to seek advice on both of those issues. And we've talked about both of those on Money Talk Extra in this past year, and it's a topic that people don't really like to broach or think about, isn't it? true. The problem is for some, um, when you do move on or pass away, often it's those around you that can be left uh, having to clean up quite um, a mess, I'm afraid, a financial mess and a, a clear will can solve that issue. Now, you mentioned goals such as saving for a home, um, buying a home. A lot of people in Hong Kong think it's almost unachievable, that it could take them so long to save the deposit that they almost give up on that as a goal. What would you say to them? Well, a number of young Hong Kongers are moving into apartments with the assistance of their parents and their grandparents. Um, It is expensive. We're talking about one of the most 
expensive property um, markets in the world, but it is possible. You may just have to compromise on some key decisions, especially about where you live, where you're prepared to live, and consider even living possibly outside of Hong Kong to commute, which is what some people are doing. I've got a couple of people now on my own team who are commuting from Shenzhen, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a choice that, that they have made. That's one possibility. Um, obviously, for some people, they need to be near and close to their family. What I'd question is sometimes a short-term sacrifice and a long commute time uh, could allow you to move into a home that is a bit more affordable than um, where you possibly work. So the key thing then is to be flexible and consider all sorts of options that perhaps you'd ruled out in the past. Absolutely. One key thing, if you decide that a a home is unaffordable for you, think about what you could have saved to go to a deposit anyway and make sure you keep saving it. Because if you get to a point where you don't own property later in life, you'll still need a good nest egg to draw from. So you can effectively live a comfortable uh, latter period of your life. Mm. And presumably, as in all things saving-related, the earlier you start, the better it's going to be. Absolutely, yes. And and one other key thing, if I may, is how to get set goals, I suppose, and, and really adhere to them. And there's a fair bit of research that shows one, just mentioning or considering a goal in your own head is not necessarily the answer. Sharing it with others makes a massive difference. And we can see that those that share financial goals with families, and not just your wife or husband or partner, but children as well, it makes a substantial difference. The second thing is record it. Record it on your phone so you're reminded. Some people sellotape those goals on paper to their fridge. I've come across situations here in Hong Kong with others have goals written on their roof. So when you lie down in bed, it's what you look at. No, I'm not. Of course, that's an extreme. But uh, do what you need to do. Make sure that others are aware and make sure that you set yourself up so you're prompted to fulfill those goals, whatever they may be. And presumably, as you can see yourself getting a bit closer to those goals, when you review at a time like that, that gives you more encouragement to keep going. Absolutely. And there's some key things that you'll hear during the next few months from government again as they get forward. To uh, We're looking forward to the voluntary contributions for mandatory provident fund incentives being passed in the Legislative Council mm. and deferred annuity. So those will be two moments possibly around the 1st of April that you should look for that might help with goals. Also, the voluntary health insurance scheme mm. will come forward where there will be a distinct tax deduction availability to you. So there's some key things that you can think about now possibly that will be available to you a bit later in the year. Of course, we will be running Money Month as well via the Investor Education Centre and the Chin family all through March. So there will be many, many opportunities to engage with the finance sector and those interested in money across the whole of Hong Kong during March 1 to 31st. Where can people get information on that? Uh, Via the Chin family website um, for the moment. uh, And as we move further and closer to um, March the 1st, there'll be a lot more public information available. David, thank you very much indeed. Thank you as always. That was David Nebo, General Manager of the Hong Kong Investor Education Centre. One of our listeners, Raphael, has been in touch with the programme and he's determined to realise his financial goals next year. He told Jimmy Lam about his plan. I'm Raphael Lowe, uh, 35 years old. Um, working for uh, business operations at retail bank uh, as an assistant manager. 
uh, managing two junior staff under myself and handle the process and procedures of our staff at retail branches. Uh, I have been working for four years into this job and got promoted last year. Um, I currently living with my girlfriend and she is a civil servant. Right, and how would you assess your current financial situation right now? Okay, my job is stable now, but not so sure for future, because my company has a lot of offshoring plan, moving a lot of jobs to mainland China or India. We see each other teams in our bank have disappeared. Some of our colleagues move from Hong Kong to other places, together with the team. But some cannot find another role in HK office, so need to resign from the bank. Right. So, do you have fear like you may lose your job in the future? Yes, indeed, because there are a lot of automation and robots helping on work. So, in general, I'm seeing a few departments that I know in our bank. They are reducing their headcount gradually, or some are changed to part time. So I fear one day I will be. It will be our department's turn to offshore. Although our managers keep con- comforting us that there's still roles in Hong Kong, only the low-level jobs will go to other parts of the world. I still think it's the matter of time, and also definitely number of people in the team will drop. So do you have any plans um, to think of? For example, changing fields. Yes, I'm using some of my income on paying school fee for some law course, so to give myself more options, maybe entering into compliance department. And talking about your income and expense, um, well, currently, may I ask, do you and your girlfriend look at your uh, financial planning separately? Right now, since we are not married yet, we look at our financial. Uh, separately, obviously, my financial situation is a bit tighter than my girlfriend's ones, because my income is used for many things, including paying the rent of the flat that my girlfriend and I are living in, and all the other utility fees like the electricity, water, gas, pay TV as well, because I am watching football matches, and also dining out, dating, cooking stuff, all paid by me. And I, as and as I mentioned before, I also need to pay school fee for some law courses. Also, I need to pay some money to my parents as they are retired, and some living allowance from me. But I'm very lucky because they are very healthy. But still, that leaves me with a little money to save in my savings account. So, can you tell us, um, looking ahead up to the new year, as we're just a few days away, um, what's your financial plan in new year? What do you want to achieve in uh, 2019? Yes, I want to make change in the new year, like increasing my savings balance. I really want to maybe set up a share account with my girlfriend, so it is better to track all of our spending and income, and hopefully can reduce our expense together. Some unnecessary buying, because whenever I look around our home, we see a lot of things lying around and not used for a long time. So I feel both myself and girlfriend buy too much, 
right. hope to change this behavior in the new year. Right, that applies to me as well. And is there any uh, specific target or objective you want to uh, achieve? I'm quite traditional. I believe in saving like the first uh, first million dollars in cash. That's what I want to do in the new year, or at least start to work towards that. And I, in order to do that, I must combine my girlfriend and my accounts. Also, I want to make some investment in the new year to earn some interest. But I don't. I don't want to some. I, I don't want some risky ones. Right. I would rather have low risk, low return ones. So I can get some spare money to pay to both of my parents each month, and I also have some other targets in mind, but maybe too hard to achieve. That is like having other income flows, like setting up online business to sell, because my girlfriend is a cosplay expert. So thinking if I can do some trading online. You just heard Money Talk Extra listener Raphael talking about his New Year resolutions. Jimmy Lam went to speak to Independence Financial Advisor Harry Tang for some advice on how Raphael could realize his objectives. I will try to address the issues he mentioned in three main points. Number one is to look at ways to improve the saving efficiency. That include combining Raphael's and also his girlfriend's financial plan. Number two is to identify investment opportunities for referral to get some return, and number three is to explore other ways as income source for referral and his girlfriend. Right. So let's get to the first point. And so referral mentioned is not married yet. So would you advise、uh, him to combine the financial planning of himself and his girlfriend? Yes. I would say financial planning should be in line with your life and lifestyle. And I understand it can be very difficult to talk about financial planning with others, like someone very close to you. But I would encourage Rafael to start engaging his girlfriend on this type of conversation. Although he's not married yet, it shows he is a mature and responsible man. It may also help maintain a good relationship between him and his girlfriend. Right, but I'm、um, also on the downside. Is Rafael mentioning may want to ask his girlfriend <laughs> to reduce some spending, which can be a quite a difficult topic to bring up in normal conversation. I would say everything needs to be put into context. That means don't just say one thing like "please reduce your spending," as it is just one negative sentence. Try to use a sandwich approach. Say something positive, negative, and positive. So the listener will feel more comfortable to take in the middle negative message. For example, the conversation can start with a positive plan, like what Rafael mentioned in the interview. He can encourage his girlfriend to reach a savings target together, so that they can both play their part to achieve that. And regarding to cut down on spending, I would encourage. Rafael to reward his girlfriend by doing something special for her if she can cut down spending. It's a psychological concept to try to unlearn some behavior through rewards. Right, so that's a good approach.、Um, and how about the second point you mentioned about some potential investment opportunities for Rafael? 
I would say we felt needs to be very careful on investment in the new year, because 2019 will continue to be a very volatile market, just like 2018, with a lot of uncertainty factors still existing and dominating the market in the new year. I would advise we felt to pick up some conservative choices, like stocks with high dividend payout rate. And also diversify the portfolio into global markets as Hong Kong market may not be doing so well because of the U.S.-China trade war. There are a lot of ETFs that invest in different markets around the world. We first should check with his bank on the ETFs that they offer and compare. Right, and and onto the last point about、um, him trying to think of ways to increasing his income source. Do you have any good idea for him? Yes, I think it's great for Rafael and his girlfriend to explore business online. As he mentioned in his interview, and nowadays it is very easy to set up one online. The money and time spent can be. Very little comparing to a physical shop, but I would say, don't underestimate the marketing cost because it is very important for online shop to draw a big group of people as customers. So it may take some time and money to promote the business before the business can start to get profit. And last but not least, to conclude. Is that many people make New Year resolution and keep the passion only for the first few months? Yeah, that's and, me as well, <laughs> and die down later. So I hope Rafael and other listeners as well try to print out the New Year plan and try to check it maybe once or twice a month to review and look at the plan, see if it works or not, and make changes to it along the way in year two or nine. That was independent financial advisor Harry Tang. With just a few days to go before the new year, this is a good time to review your investment performance over 2018, and make some investing decisions for 2019. You may want to think about your mandatory provident fund, and whether it's time to switch between funds. If you're getting closer to retirement, you might also want to consider how much risk you are taking, and if you're young. And just starting out on the investment path, you could also think about your investment goals and how to achieve them. It's also time to think about some of the investment themes for next year. To help consider some of those things, I'm joined now by Dicky Wong, Executive Director of Research at Kingston Securities. So let's review first of all 2018. What、okay. have been the big themes of 2018, and your thoughts on it from an investment perspective?、Oh, okay, first of all,、uh, it, has, it has been a very bumpy year for like 2018, and、um, I, I strongly believe that in、um, 2019 it still、uh, will be a very bumpy year、um, for the investment market itself, because as we all know,、uh, there are so many uncertainties. Um, still going on, like、um, the trade war between China and、um, U.S. seems will not come to an end any sooner or later,、uh, any sooner. And、uh, second of all,、uh, one of the thing that I'm not that 
feel comfortable. It's um, the the yield curve of the U.S. Treasury at this moment because uh, in the past 40 years, every time the yield curve it happens like an inverted yield curve, um, the economy will just um, not plummet, but uh, will just drag down in the near future. So it gives some kind of bad uh, impression for me, like um, the U.S. market uh, may... Um, pull back further or go down further or technically maybe enter into a bear market maybe so it may give some kind of pressure to the Hong Kong stock market as well but um, honestly speaking I, I, I still think that the Chinese market I'm talking about Asia markets um, its valuation current valuation it's just simply extremely low and uh, the past two years uh, it was the, the worst I mean including this year, uh, it was the worst um, performer around the, and whole, almost the whole entire world. But I think the Asian market will come back. Uh, first of all, those indexes like MSCI will increase their, their proportion um, into uh, the Asia. And second of all, Asia, Asia uh, current valuation of Asia markets, it's also it's, um, almost very close to historical low. So I think the Asia market will come back. So definitely will give some kind of not a big boost, but at least some kind of support for the H share, H share market. And um, honestly speaking, the, the valuation now is relatively cheap. As long as the renminbi remains stable, I don't really see so much downside at this, um, from th- at this um, moment. So you think this could be a good time to maybe start dipping your toe in the water and as, as the market, if it goes down a bit further, maybe start thinking about buying in the A share markets and the Hong Kong market next year? Well, it's not uh, an easy thing to, 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 to tip the market because like, um, we, we all know we have to, well, um, buy in an, in an, in the trouble, like, um, in the past year. I mean, the trade war and, um, I mean, Hong Kong stock market, um, actually dropped quite significantly from its peaks in, in, in January down more than 20% something. And, um, Asia, like the Shenzhen down almost 30%. Yeah. But always remember, yeah, like as, um, Warren Buffett said, um, uh, be greedy when others are fearful, but, um, but at this it's hard moment, to do, isn't we, it? We, yeah, it's, first of all, it's very hard to do, and the second of all, it's not that fearful mm. at this moment. Not mm. not fearful enough. What I'm saying, trying to say, yes, yeah. Now you mentioned the yield curve, which is yes. inverted in places. Yes. In other words, um, two year, three year, five year inverted, yeah. lower than short term rates. Some people say that that is a warning sign of a recession. It do is. Do you see a recession coming in 2019 in the U.S. economy? Well. It has um, to to judge at this moment because, like um, the U.S. government, like uh, Donald Trump's administration, and they they hide the tariffs, and um, they're actually hurting its economy as well. Because I can see, like some of the motor company, they're not. not uh, that profitable anymore, like Ford Motor, because the input price of the steel price um, went up quite significantly in the, in the past um, six six to nine months. And it will also hurt their earnings, and also all the tariffs, and also the trade war between China and uh, and the U.S. And now we're talking about uh, Man Wanzhou, the, the incident of Huawei, and um, seems like. Um, China and uh, U.S. They they are now um, 
try to um, I mean fight back not only by setting higher tariffs but like also suitcase and also somehow like um, the incident like Man Wanzhou may happen um, next year so it so, will give some kind of I mean, pressure to the stock market itself. So how do investors deal with this? Because these political risks are very, very hard to predict, aren't That's they? That's true. We, we have things like we have tariff man in the White House. We have yeah. Brexit. You just don't know what's going to happen next. So exactly. how, do you, how do you invest in that type of environment? Yeah, I mean, you, you just pointed out um, the, the, those are the main concern um, for the stock market, not only this year. It will come to an end very soon, but also next year. So um, Brexit still remain um, uncertainty, but um, the trade war between China and the U.S. is the the biggest thing, and it's just unknown because it's like um, almost a month ago, G20 meeting, uh, we all believed that, oh, there's a 90 days uh, ceasefire agreement. It will be great. Wow, just ceasefire maybe less than 24 hours and fire everywhere you know <laughs> yeah so it depends yeah so let me ask you about tech stocks they oh. were the darlings weren't they as we <laughs> went into the beginning of the year yeah. then we saw 10 cent down almost 40 percent right. at one stage as right. the as the year went on is this a bear market now for tech stocks oh there's no question asked of course my answer is yes that's simple but um in the long run, I still believe that some of the tech stock, like uh, those trading in Hong Kong, uh, they will dominate the market and they will have uh, um, good perspective. I mean, in terms of their earnings growth, like Tencent, I, I still like the stock. Uh, it depends on what's the, the price you 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 chip in your money. Um, if what if like um, under three hundred dollars, I still think Tencent is a bargain. But most of the tech or internet companies in that traded in, in Hong Kong, um, some of them, their valuation are simply too high. Mm-hmm. Like those listed last year and um, like some of the name like Meituan Dianping is a very great company and very um, user-friendly mm-hmm. cell phone apps for mainlander. They can order fast food. Mm-hmm. Very user-friendly. But it's trading a very high valuation. That's the problem. So um, I think if you talk about a tech stock in um, two old, um, I mean twenty nineteen, it depends on the earnings. If they can manage a higher earnings growth, and then I think the share price will goes up as well. Dicky, thank you very much. Thank indeed. you, Peter, and thank have you. a very happy new year. Happy new year, everyone. That was Dicky Wong from Kingston Securities. Thank you for joining us this morning. Next week, in the first programme of 2019, we're going to start on an upbeat note and discuss some financial considerations if you're planning your wedding. Jimmy Lam meets a model to hear about her financial concerns and I discuss with a fund manager what could be the investment surprises of 2019. In the meantime, from me, Peter Lewis, from Jimmy Lam and the Money Talk Extra team, we wish you a very happy, healthy and prosperous new year. See you next Saturday.